Good morning, everybody. Good morning, yeah. It's always so nice to see visitors here at Crestline. And visitors I'm getting to know. There's Mike and Crystal, there's Don and Beverly, and now there's Suzanne. I hope I got everybody's name. I did, okay. All right. Before we begin with um, this message for this Sabbath day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, today we worship you on your Sabbath day. You made it for us to celebrate life because you gave us life. And now you have given us eternal life. Lord, I pray that we will receive this blessing from on high, this message today about being grateful, having an attitude and a feeling of being grateful and to return your feelings with a thanks that's heartfelt. Lord, I pray that you will be with each one of us today and every day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. How many amens is there, right? You can never say to me. My message today is taken from the book of Luke. Now, we know that Luke was not like some of the other writers, Matthew, Mark, or John. They were part of, uh, you know, Christ's ministry and everything. But Luke, although he was, he was a magnet doctor. And I'm turning to Luke 17. And thank you, Catherine, for reading that text for us. The book of Luke has parables of Christ, quite a number of parables. I'm beginning with the, the verse 11 of chapter 17 in Luke. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. I believe they were cleansed one at a time. As they approached the high priest, the priest says, you are cleansed. And you know what? Miracle of miracles. Each one of these lepers were given a clean bill of health. They did not have leprosy anymore. You know, leprosy is if you had it, you died with it. And it was probably the cause of, of your declining health and eventual death. It was not something that people wanted to get. And Everybody steered clear of leprosy. Now Jesus noticed that there was a foreigner. And this foreigner, I believe, was from Samaria. 
They're on their way down into Galilee. And the foreigner was aided by the Jews there. Hated. And yet this foreigner, he appreciated what Jesus had done for him. And when that one came back and Jesus noticed that he was a foreigner, the wonder returned. He praised God and he thanked God. He gave God glory, honor, praise, thanks. And I want to stress the word thanks. <laughs> you know we can never thank God too much for what he's done for us. We can start listing on a piece of paper and you should be never ending. God's done this, God's done this, God's done this. And you wonder why. But you know what? Like I said before, we should have the feeling and the gratitude, I mean the attitude or feeling of gratitude. Gratitude is a thanks. And you keep thanking someone every time they've done something on your behalf. We should do that for each other as well. We should do that for each one as well. So where are the other nine? They were absent. They acted like nobody did anything for them. But he was lucky. Or maybe the high priest did this. The high priest, there was no way that they were going to be able to be healed by the priest. There's no way. Because they're just men. They're just men. But this is how they did it. In fact, the Bible says priest. I like to say high priest. That's how they would do this. If somebody was sick, let's say they didn't have leprosy. Maybe they had a flu or a cold and had it passed through. And if they were better again, the priest was going to decide, are you well? And he'd look at him and, I don't know, maybe there was a doctor there, but you were either well or no, you were still sick. And I think they did this so that if you're sick, you stay away from people. Kind of what we do today. Don't come near me, I'm sick. And that's what the lepers said as well. So where are the other nine? You know what? They're absent. Not only are they absent physically, but they're absent spiritually. That's not a good thing to be absent spiritually. <laughs> now, there was also a man, I believe they called him Bartimaeus. The man had been blind a long time. And in Luke 18, 35 to 43, we have this Bartimaeus, and 18, verse 35, Jesus is walking through the crowds, and as he approaches Jericho, you know there's stories about Jericho parables as well. I think of the Good Samaritan. Anyways, there's a blind man sitting by the roadside. He's begging, and that's about all he could do, being blind. 
When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. You know what? Most people had heard of Jesus because he had been going from one town to the next. And it seemed like all day long, Jesus was healing the sick. He was healing the sick. He calls out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Sounds like the uh, the lepers. Sounds like the lepers. Those who had led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the men to be brought to him, or the man to be brought to him. See, Jesus heard the commotion, and he called for the, the beggar, the blind man, to come see him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? You know, that's a good question. When Jesus comes to us, what do we answer? What do you want me to do for you? And he says, look, Lord, I want to be able to see. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight. He followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Seems like it was unanimous. Everybody praised God. They thanked God. My goodness, get out this blind man. And you know, all day long, this is what Jesus did. And we know that what Bartimaeus did in praising and thanking God, he wasn't like the lepers that didn't return to Jesus in thanks. You know, Jesus did many, many things in his ministry and in his life here on this earth. John, I believe, he wrote, if we listed everything that Jesus has done for others, healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, and all the other things that he did in his preaching, teaching, it would take up Books that would cross, I don't know, there would be a never-ending, you know, book of things that Jesus did for all of us. Paul writes of the necessity of being thankful. The Apostle Paul, the ambassador to the Gentiles. In Philippians 4, 6, this is one of my favorite texts about being thankful. Philippians 4, 6. Now, for those that know this, this book, there's a number of times where Paul writes about joy and being rejoicing. We should all rejoice in the Lord. And this is what he tells us as well. It's used 14 times in four chapters, 14 times. And Paul says you need to rejoice in the Lord. Does that include thanking him? I believe it does. When you praise his name, you thank him. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Lord is in. Verse 6, 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Did we ever thank God too much? Have we ever thanked God too much? Too little, but not too much. And God wants to hear from us. He wants to hear from us personally. He doesn't want us to be like the other eight lepers. He wants us to be like blind Bartimaeus. He wants us to be like those who return God's gifts and God's healing in our lives and do the same for others. These are the lessons we need to be taught and we've learned. In 1 Thessalonians, there is a text that's impressive, although very short. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. I don't know if any of you know where I'm going with this. That's it. That's it. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks. Give thanks. If we have thanksgiving in our hearts, we should be having thanksgiving in our voices, expressing what, what Jesus has done for us. In Colossians 4.2, actually, we'll just do Timothy 2.1. 1 Timothy 2.1. I urge then, first of all, that in prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. Thanksgiving. You know thanksgiving is just a few days away. Thanksgiving is upon us, and we ought to be thankful each day of the year for what Jesus has done for us. Going back to Colossians 4 and 2, Colossians 4 2. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. That was a powerful word. Thankful. Full. We thank God for the food we eat, do we not? A every fellowship luncheon. You know, I, I claim and I call it a, an honor and a privilege to thank God for my food, for my meal. He's a provider. It's not some grocery store or farmer. It's God Almighty. He provides our food. He provides our clothing because he's created all things. He's given it to us. And I think of it as pretty much directing. Whatever he's given this world, he's given to each and every one of us. Let's remember to thank God for the food that we eat. 
In Luke 9, we have another story about a miracle, a, a big miracle. Jesus feeds 5,000 men, and you might want to add another 5,000 women and children. He gives grace, I mean, he prays for the, the fish, vegetarian fish, or the bread, if there is. And after so, he breaks it all up, and there's more than enough. And then there's some left over. How can that be? You know, there's nothing too hard for God. God can do all things, because all things are possible. And so when we give grace, when we pray, thank, thanking God for the food we eat, not only thanking him for that, but thanking him for everything else that we have, your house, your car, everything. And yet there are some men today that said, I did it all by myself. Or it's man that does it. Man does nothing. The only thing they do, I think, is if it's not according to God's will, they destroy everything. You've heard that Bible text and um, that uh, Solomon writes in Proverbs. There's a way to think that's right into a man, but the end of it is destruction of it. Men do not have the same thoughts that God has. Thoughts of love, thoughts of morality, man has the opposite. And it's not going to get them anywhere. You know, there's a, a um, an important story in the Bible in the Old Testament. I've looked at New Testament stories, but I'd like to look at this one in the Old Testament it's found in Exodus 15. Now, you know, Exodus 14 is the crossing of the Red Sea. God delivering his people from the, the armies of Egypt. They had been running, trying to escape. And a wonderful miracle that God provided his people. <laughs> Exodus 15, we have the song of Moses and also Miriam. Verse 1 says, Moses and the Israelites sang a song to the Lord. When you sing to the Lord, you praise him, you thank him. This is what we do when we sing in our worship service. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider, he's hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaohs and chariots in his army, he is hurled into the sea. And the best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered him, and they sank to the depths like a stone. 
This song is a song of thanksgiving. Can you imagine thousands and thousands? I don't know how many thousands, quite a number of thousands were singing the song of thanks to God. You know, the God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. The God of the Old Testament is the same as the one that healed the poor, healed the lepers, provided this miracle of separating waters that no man, no number of men could possibly do. And then at the end of this chapter, here's Miriam. She sang a song as well. She and the ladies with her, they took their tambourines and they danced and they sang, thanking God. And the song is short here in the Bible. Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider, he's hurled into the sea. You know, it's probably the right thing to do to thank God for destroying your enemy. We know the last enemy of this world. He will destroy. And the enemy is the one that causes it, and that's death. He will destroy Satan and all of the iniquity of wickedness. And that is something to be thankful for. Serious. Serious. You praise and thank God for the good, but you also thank him for the destruction of sin and evil forever. I've also chosen a couple of books in the Bible where their thanks has been mentioned. And I like the, uh, the Psalm of David. A lot of it is in song and, and it's also in poetry. And then there's Isaiah the prophet. You know, if you want to know about Bible prophecy, read Isaiah. He'll tell you an awful lot. There are so many stories about David. David was a man after God's own heart. Wow. Should that tell you that that's why he became the king? He was anointed king of Israel. Daniel knew a lot about, I mean, David knew a lot about thanks, thanksgiving. He had a lot of enemies, too. Psalm 95, 1 through 3. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us come before him with thanksgiving. This is King David. And extol him with music and song. Extol him with music and song. When we sing, we thank the Lord, don't we? This is what he's saying. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Yes, we have many things to be thankful, thankful for God. 
Verse 6, come let us bow down for worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. The flock under his care. I'm thankful for that. And I know that when we bow down, when we kneel for prayer, we are showing the gratitude and the thanks for God who does everything for us. In closing with Isaac, since I want you to think today about those, where are those other nine? Where are those other lepers? Where are they? They are spiritually absent from Jesus. I think what they are. And yet in the Bible, it says it's so important. Isaiah 12, 4 and 5. What page number? What? Isaiah. Well, I give you the NIV page. Let's see, Isaiah. I, I actually found one here. I didn't realize it during the All right. I Chapter 12 and verse 4 and 5. I found it. In that day you will say, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. We need to make it known to the world that we have a, a loving God who deserves our praise and our thanks. So let us be more like the one leper, the Samaritan, the individual Samaritan that was hated by the Jews. Not just dislike, but hated. He came to thank Jesus. Let us be that one that returned to Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, today, we are thankful for your love. We are thankful for Jesus and his healing power. His power to, in the divine intervention, perform miracles on our behalf. He's provided us with everything we have and everything we are. And so thank you, Jesus. Help us to be like the one leper that came back and not the other nine who did not come back. Lord, I pray that you will bless us the Sabbath day in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.